one. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. And I was going to try to say something fun in Korean because our good friend YB is with us. But instead, I'm going to let YB say it. YB, say what I was going to say. That's the word. That's the phrase you wanted to say. Unfortunately, due to some uh, pronunciation difficulties and some mic difficulties as well, I think it would be best if I did that. So. Okay, great. Well, we got that under control. YB is here from eight time zones away in uh, in South Korea. It is a whole new day there. How, how's Wednesday? Wednesday's uh, going well, I'd say. We had a busy morning, but right now I've been, I was able to sequester away some time for this podcast, and I'm looking forward to discussing what happened no over ma- the weekend. No major terrorist attacks or anything? We're uh, good. Not to my knowledge, like nothing. Okay. Uh, we did. We, my apartment was shaking Friday night. Uh, that had something to do with the events in Qatar. But <laughs> great. Well, you know, you're just ahead of schedule, so I just want to make sure no like really tragic stuff is going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, you um, got the jump on us. We're still back here on Tuesday, and I, I don't know. I can't speak for Eric Jensen over here, but I can say the Tuesday, uh, pretty mediocre. Looking forward to the promise of Wednesday. Uh, and judging by your uh, uh, happy demeanor, I, 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 I assume it's a nice day tomorrow. It, so far, so far. I mean, we're half, I look forward we're half, to joining you there. Halfway. We're halfway through it, so I'll let you know if anything happens in the next 12 Good. Yeah, North Korea hasn't launched any warheads at us yet, I guess. Yeah, the night, the day is young. There's still 12 <laughs> hours left in the day. Okay, great. Well, YB, I think you have to be our official End Zone Podcast missile uh missile defense expert because you're so close to north korea you'll know first before either brad and i know that the warheads are coming so you'll have to give us fair warning and if you don't our deaths will be on your hands i'll I'll probably be dead before you guys then so i'm i'm just gonna say i i doubt that on on all the targets that that old uh uh, kim has for us I, i doubt i doubt um edmonton and utah are two are are at the top but we'll see you know, maybe he's a Flames fan. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I feel like that guy's unpredictable. He could just totally one day wake up and be like, Salt Lake City, Utah. I'd like to wipe that off the face of the earth. So, or, well, he could be a USC fan. I mean, he, he could, he seems to be a fan of uh, money wielding, uh, flashy programs. So, that is true. Um, do you want to congratulate me on my Pac-12 championship? Well, YB, as I, I know, I would, you, are, you you are a Pac-12 fan. I mean, that I mean that was a well-earned victory, I'd say, over basically a soulless team, like a, a team that was imported wholesale from the Big 12 and embodied the essence of Lincoln Riley and that all flash, no substance, and gets and folds when the going gets tough. So, I mean, that's kind of I mean, it was a hard-fought victory, and you guys beat them before, and you beat them again. So prove that you were worthy champions. Bradford, you watched that game. Did you enjoy your one college football game of the year? I, I did enjoy that game. I, I mean, Utah, Utah kind of pulled away with it, <laughs> like, in a, in a pretty serious way uh, by the time I started watching. But I, I, I enjoyed it. As I've said many times, I refuse to get into college football, not because I have anything against college football, but because I have a sports watching addiction, and I, I try not to feed that any more than – than I already do, but I, I was I was happy for 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 Utah, and as an extension of that, I was happy for you. Thank you. You know, I, I really appreciate that. 
Uh, I only bad news for me on the sports front. Not only was there another week of Broncos sadness this week, but oh boy, oh boy, Nathan McKinnon. Don't know if you saw that, Bradford. Um, now upper now, body injury. Now out four weeks, uh, and uh, the Avs are pretty much punchless at this point. Down basically all of their all but one of their top six forwards. So that's fun. I'm not going to lie to you, Eric. I'm going to need to apologize to you on this one. That one's my fault. I was watching that game and I made a joke minutes before he got injured. I was like, the entire Avs team is injured, except Nathan McKinnon, literally the most injury prone player in the league. And then minutes later, McKinnon's out. So that one, would, that one's on you, me. Why would you do this? <laughs> I, yeah. I apologize. Um, and, and you know what? I made the stupid friend. decision that I said to myself, I'm going to watch every Avs game in the month of December. Well, I, I think that's going to be a very painful undertaking, but it's really going to test my mettle as a fan, I think. Sports does strange things to us, I'd say. They were so, so close in Philadelphia last night. They almost got it, but then it, the comeback was a little bit too little, too late. Yeah. To me, I, I – okay, I am – I would classify myself as a football sicko, but to the extent that I'm a hockey sicko, it goes far beyond that. I adore hockey. I am, can name almost every player some bizarre stats. There are players on the Avs roster right now that I've never heard of. Just some just straight up computer generated, like their third pair. Oh my god, it is it is rough out there. Like, I mean, you guys can cry into your into your into your cup rings, I suppose. It's it is yeah, what it, is. it is what it is. All right, we have a lot to get to today. Oh, we're hitting up some Dons there, I see. Yeah. What's the order? What's the order? Is that what you call it in Canada, Dons? We call well, I I my friend group calls it calls it Dons, the Golden Arches, Mickey D's, whatever. That's the third one's the one I've usually heard. Donnie's Mackers. Mackers, another uh another popular one. Um uh usually I mean usually was that your boss YB? Did we just get you fired? No, that was a guess. Oh, okay. Great. Great. Uh, what are the chances your boss walks by? Uh, slim to none. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we, we have a lot to get to today and not much time. Uh, I have a big day tomorrow. YB's on the other side of the world on his lunch break and, and, and we just don't have two hours to sit around and dilly dally so we need to get to the main event here and, and that is why yb is on here yb is on here because of course the Bengals played the chiefs and because honestly i want yb on more it's unfortunate that he lives like halfway across the globe that's really our biggest like problem uh getting yb on if yb lived in the states uh, i could pretty much guarantee that yb would be a a a almost episode like every episode i'd like to have yb on but uh we're glad to have you a few times in the season that we can get you yb so i need to ask you first we're gonna start today with chief sadness corner uh and uh you know and, uh, I, and i've hijacked the truck yeah I'll, I'll let you i'll let you begin the, the floor is yours <laughs> thought, whoa 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 before, before <laughs> yb goes listen you had a whole talk to me before this episode about how you know, you don't want every episode to be so Chief-centric. I mean, we don't really need to dwell on this game, right? Let's just let's give the Chiefs a rest, man. It's a, it's a regular season game between two good teams. It doesn't yeah. 
not a whole lot of talking points here, but fine. No, fine. I think yourself. I'd rather. I think and, I'd rather. I mean, like, I mean, to be fair, most Broncos games don't have a lot of talking points either. But we were, we, were, well, you were glad to rip on them, and well, so Brad. So when the shoes on the other foot, you gotta take it. You gotta take it as well as you can dish, dish it. So, I mean, looking at the game as a whole, I think mostly it was a pretty well played game by both sides. I'd say not a lot of mistakes. Like the Bengals left some points on the on on the field. I mean, we had that hideous drop by Boyd, which rarely happens. They got stuffed on a fourth and one with when they tried to get cute. They, whenever the Bengals try to get cute in the red zone, it almost never works. Case in point, the earlier game against the Ravens when they did pretty much the exact same thing and it led to the exact same result. And yet when they had to, they made a play. They forced the fumble out of the one person that you thought that could that wasn't going to make a mistake from the Chiefs. And that was Travis Kelsey. And even even when they and. Usually the Bengals have passed if they left if they leave points on the board if they leave points on the field like that they would have found a way to lose lose the game. And Zach Taylor from what from what we've seen from from earlier in the season I think they're figuring it out as they go along. He's improved. I won't go as so far as to say he's very good, but he's definitely beginning to mix and match and find things that work. And obviously, when you have a guy like Joe Burrow who's I'm hesitant to put him as up there with the likes of Mahomes or Allen, but he's definitely in a tier right below them at the very least. And you have confidence that he can find a way to get things done. And when you have the weapons that you have, like Chase, Higgins, and Boyd, and you can find a ways to win against virtually anybody. And you saw that they can put a firepower. You can out-tough teams like Tennessee, which is not an easy task to do. So... They're riding high, and next week they face the one team that has given them a lot of problems in the Zach Taylor era, which is Cleveland. And they get to welcome the uh, massage man to <laughs> to the jungle, who did not look well, who did not look very good in his uh, in his season debut, I will say. And so we'll see if they can keep the flow going. But yeah, it was a very big win, and it was a win by the slimmest of margins. So I don't think the Chiefs have a lot to be worried about because it really turned on a few play, few plays. Like if Osai doesn't catch Mahomes' shoe on that third down, if Kelsey doesn't get the ball ripped out of him by Jermaine Pratt, like the, the game can change on a, a few bounces of the ball. So the Chiefs really don't have a lot to be worried about. Us. You want I a would... Chief sadness corner for me, Eric? Yeah, go ahead. Chief sadness corner. Let's do this thing. <laughs> All right. I, it's not really a sadness corner. I mean, it is It is what it is. It's a frustrating game to lose for narrative reasons, but in general, the Bengals are a great team and they played a great game. I was nowhere near as impressed with the Bengals as I was disgusted with the Chiefs defense. If you're going to go put on a clown show on Twitter, Justin Reed, oh my God, who's done absolutely nothing this year. You know, we were promised a Tyron Matthew uh, and uh, replacement and the only production of Tyron Matthews that he's replaced is being a dickhead on Twitter. That's about it. That's, that's all he's got covered these days. Like it is, it is unbelievable how they talk so much trash after having not really done anything and missing a horrible amount of tackles. I mean, so much of the Bengals production in that game was literally just missed tackles or chase who is literally the best at getting away with offensive pass interference I've ever seen. Like just the Chiefs completely letting them get away with it. Like, like, oh my goodness. It was, it was one of those games that just like it was uncharacteristic. I mean, watching a guy like Nick Bolton miss tackles or the play really that or... really get exactly. And it's like the linebackers are usually the ones that I trust to right. not make those kind those of mistakes. Two, those two are very, very good players. Like they usually don't make those kind of silly mistakes. No, and 
it was I, I don't really have a whole lot of complaints about the offense. I mean, Butker missing that kick was pretty frustrating. And some of it's Reed's... It's 55, like, though. It was 55. It's 55. And, like, what a world we live in where 55 missing is a talking point. Right. But, like, I don't know. I, I thought a lot of Reed's decision-making of, like, not going for it in certain situations was a little frustrating. I thought Mahomes played a really good game. Um, was I wasn't... He was very good. That. It was just ridiculous, like, lapses. And, like... Man, Steve Spagnolo is the most boomer bust defensive coordinator I've ever seen. Like he, he doesn't, he never plays it safe. He goes, and I respect for him for his commitment to his mentality there. But he just, he, he's gonna, he's gonna live by the blitz and die by the blitz. And unfortunately, the uh, Chiefs against died the by it. He, against yes. the Bengals, he's died by the blitz several times. It's, this is the third time in a row. And like, from a mathematical perspective. Uh, if these teams do meet again in the playoffs, I almost feel better about it just because it's like, all right, there's no yeah. way that yeah. like the 30 things that needed to line up right for this to happen a fourth time in a row happened, right? <laughs> right. But like at the same time, sometimes a team just has your number. And sometimes uh, in sports, yeah. you just have a father. And sadly, my father is Joseph. I don't know what his middle name is. Lee. Um, Joseph Lee Burrow. Lee Burrow. Uh, at this moment in time, remember that name, all right? You'll be hearing that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, it's not the Bengals. The Bengals. I'm, I'm, the Bengals. It's a great win for them. I think they're on their way to a division title now. And I certainly hope so. <laughs> I still, I'm not too broken up about yeah. this loss in terms of seating wise. I think the Chiefs are going to run the table here. They play no good teams. Yeah, they like, play nobody. We get the Broncos weeks. twice. We get the rate. I mean, it's it's we get the Texans. It's a it's a rough slate. Um, so, you know, as frustrating it is for the bills to claim the one seed on us now here, uh, not the end of the universe and kind of hoping I don't run into the Bengals again. There's my, there's my chief sadness corner, Eric, a little, one, a little shot for you. One thing I do want to touch on regarding Justin Reed though. It was kind of funny because after Justin Reed had his uh, little Twitter uh, thing <laughs> with, uh, uh, Hayden Higby or whoever the hell he was, we thought it was uh, talking about. <laughs> And the funny thing was like after on the on like I don't know, I think it was in the second quarter or so when Sabaj P decided to dribble him like a basketball <laughs> and then run over him. That I think a lot of Bengals fans were feeling very cathartic about that play. And Samaj P Ryan, like in when he was and he's been filling in for Joe Mixon, he's he's been very good. Like he was very he was very effective, even when Mixon was help, even when Mixon was very ineffective in the in the early parts of the season. So it's gonna be very curious to how they're gonna fit in Mixon and how they're gonna distribute. The, the ball between Mixon and Piran because they're now beginning to be able to run the ball better, which they could not do in the beginning of the season. So they're coming together at, a, at an opportune time and they have the Browns and then they have the Bills. So <laughs> it doesn't get a lot easier. For they got to they gotta beat the Browns this time, right? I mean, Deshaun couldn't throw a pass higher than a yard up. Like not down the field, but I mean like straight up all his passes hit the ground. You got it. You got it. There's no way they lose, right? Right? You, yeah, you'd think so, right? You'd think so. And, and no you thought, that, and you you thought you. that you thought that the Chiefs couldn't lose three times in a row to the Bengals either, so. <laughs> that, is, that is fair. That is, how's, how's the soccer team doing down there? I'm just, just, just uh, curious. Uh, uh, we went right as far as you guys did, so. That's, you know what? That's also fair. <laughs> well, not you guys. We went further than you. We went about the same as Eric. You went much so. further than, than Canada. Canada yeah, got I, I, I keep forgetting that you're a Canadian. That's right. I am we went to the same. We went to round of 16, the same as Eric's. So. And then we got dribbled, and then we got dribbled by the Brazilians. But hey, there was. Yeah, but at least you guys have a number nine. That's nice. <laughs> uh, 
the true north strong and free better country than america i would be uh i'd be very strong in saying okay well now we've gotten to the <laughs> lunatic portion of this podcast um here's what i have to say about this game and then we move on to the millions of other things we have right. to talk about Bengals being good is fun it's just fun because it throws in a weird kind of third berserker team into the AFC title game mix because everyone from day one has penciled in this is a Chiefs and the Bills right now I'm like pretty confident that it's not going to be the Chiefs and the Bills it's going to be a weird conglomeration of either the Chiefs the Bills or the Bengals. I think that they definitely deserve that respect. I think they have the firepower to beat the Bills in the playoffs. I think they have the defense to contain Josh Allen. I think they have the defense to contain Patrick Mahomes, which they did, although they did get lucky. Mahomes missed on like two or three deep shots by just a little bit. I don't know if you noticed that, Brad. I I thought that was interesting that for the first time, this year, the Chiefs really tried to go vertical with it a few times in this game. And that if that part of the offense starts to emerge over the next two or three weeks, which it could, they have the Broncos, right. you know, that's scary because that's just a whole new part of the team you have to account for. Um, I mean, they're down know. a couple starting receivers too. So maybe, maybe if they have the weapons in place to better execute that, it, it'll be. Yeah. Yeah, uh, what's McCole Hardman's timeline? I don't know. It it keeps it keeps changing. I've I've seen a lot of smoke that he could play, but uh, you know, eh. it's been that way for a couple of weeks. Now. They could definitely use him back. He he's been yeah. very good this year when he's played. Um, I like the Bengals a lot. I'm a huge T Higgins guy. He's just a monster, and like, honestly, right now I would put him as the number one over Jamar Chase. Like that that's just the way the offense is working. And that's just a blessing, YB. It is. It's and eventually you're gonna get Joe Mixon back, maybe. And then that gives you a running game and then things really start heating up because the offensive line quietly has been awesome for about a month now. They've and, come together. And if they have an offensive line and they get the best running back in football, I would argue, and Joe Mixon back, then I know you looked at question me questionable. Questionable. I'll, <laughs> I'll say at least top five. He he is at least a top five runner in the league. I love Joe Mixon. He's a fun player to watch. I think the Bengals are going to be in the mix. All right, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about a bunch of headlines, three in particular that have come out today. Um, and then we're going to get into some game recaps, which we don't typically do. Um, but the games were so big this week, I figured we should recap, especially some of the games that we don't. And I tried to pick teams we don't really talk a lot about. This this podcast, why be you... I, you do listen occasionally, YB, yeah. right? Would you agree that sometimes we get into ruts and we just talk about the same thing every week? Uh, I mean, well, even when you talk about the same thing, I, I always enjoy, uh, well, I will always be kind of a sadist and say I kind of enjoy hearing you suffer. So I think that that's okay. me some endless entertainment. But no, in all seriousness, no. I think 
I think I think regardless of the subject matter, and I enjoy talking with, I enjoy hearing you guys talk, and also with Mason. I think he provides an additional perspective that I think fresh helps freshen it up a bit. So I just like to get every team involved, and you know, we we haven't touched on some teams for a few <clears> weeks now, and we're going to get to some of those teams in game recaps. Let's start here. The Titans fire John Robinson today. A really interesting move at a really interesting time after AJ Brown comes back and owns them. Then makes some very interesting comments post game, basically saying, Hey, I never wanted to leave. They just refused to pay me. It did feel like a Robinson move that wasn't approved by Mike Brabel to move AJ Brown. You kind of saw the writing on the wall because for as good as they've been the past three years, each year in the playoffs, they have disappointed. And the roster has holes in it still, I would argue, but especially defensively. Like they, they are paper thin on defense and have a track record of drafting these guys that get injured. And that's not necessarily Robinson's fault, but I do think that this change for the Titans is a good one. You know, Trey, who's on this, who was on this podcast a lot over the past few years, you know, he, he has been a proponent of John Robinson does not get enough flack. And, you know, I agree with him. He follows the Titans about closer than anyone I know. And I, I really do think that this is a good move for them. I think they're going to be very competitive in who they hire in the offseason. And I think Mike Vrabel is going to have a lot more say on this team. And I think they're going to get a lot better defensively this offseason. And, hey, I mean, you, you're you still in it. Like, the, the AFC South is terrible. They're probably going to win it. And with Mike Vrabel at the helm, anything can happen in January. Vrabel's done a hell of a job, like, with a lot of smoke and mirrors with like masking a lot of talent deficiency, especially in the secondary, because their secondary has been dreadful <clears throat> aside from Kevin Byer. Like yeah. Caleb Farley has been always injured. Christian Fulton is a average corner who is also perpetually injured. And also John Robinson's firing. While the timing is a little bit strange because you're in the middle of, you're still definitely in the middle of the hunt. <clears throat> It's the result of several moves that, that didn't pan out, I think, because they decided to go all in for Julio Jones, which is an understandable move if you feel that the time to strike was last year, and then that didn't quite work out. And they paid Bud Dupree, in, and they paid Bud Dupree, which tightened the cap, and, they, and that forced them to get rid of A.J. Brown. And they thought they basically were getting a like-for-like in Traylon Burks. And I hate to say this, but when you have, like, you know that old saying, it could even be anything. It could even be A.J. Brown. Like, that's not how this works. Like, when you have a player that as, is as dynamic and as, and as talented as A.J. Brown, you really want to keep that guy <laughs> because they had nobody else on the outside that could be a playmaker. Nobody. Have you seen the state of the Titans wide receiver core? Do you know any wide receivers out there other, aside from Bobby Trees, who, bless his heart, has been working his ass off, but he is not the same player that he was post-injury? Westbrook Aquina, because of his last name and because he draws very funny parallels to Russell Westbrook, I, can, I know his name. But other than that, I have no idea who the hell the rest of the wide receivers are. And when you have nobody that can create separation, create plays on the outside, 
there's only there's a limit to what you can do. And when you add in the fact that when you're a team that's identified by its power running and by Derrick Henry, who is undoubtedly still very talented and still going strong, but Derrick Henry requires a bit of uh, rev up time when it's because of his running style. And to do that, you need an O-line. You need a very good O-line. Taylor Lewan is out and he's probably going to be gone. And the rest of the O-line has not met up to, been up to snuff. And basically you're, you're falling apart in front of your eyes. And so that's, a, that's an issue of roster construction. And when you make bets, when you make all in bets that don't work out, like putting like uh, extending Tannehill, so that his that his cap hit is ridiculous this year, like going all in for Julio Jones, who was basically on his last legs. And when you don't get the results, unfortunately, it's a results based business, and you get fired. And if you went, if you were basically against Mike Rabel and said, no, 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 this is how it's gonna be, trust me. And then when it doesn't work out, then then you lose a power game. And Vrabel won it because he was proven right. And so it's going to be weird because Tannehill, I think, might be gone after this season. Like, it, it, it will see, but I think Tannehill will probably be gone after this season, which leads him in a very strange position because Malik Willis is not ready yet. Not even going to be ready next year. And so, and Derrick Henry will be one year older. The O-line is still in flux. Jeffrey Simmons will be one year closer to getting paid. And <laughs> And so it's a very strange team that's it's going to be in flux. Bro, what did the entire state of Nashville do to you? Oh, my God. That's, that's just eviscerating words from YB. But very true words, I think. Like, man, I think with, with the Titans, uh, this was a power struggle that Robinson had with Vrabel, and you don't win mm. power struggles against Mike Vrabel. That's – yeah. Like, once again, I've been consistently giving him, like, five six win rosters and Brable's been coaching them to like nine ten wins and it catches up to you eventually so I think I think it's it's reasonable for the Titans to make a change like this and this but this is the next test of Brable this is this is his next test mm -hmm. because no matter who they hire Brable is going to have notable roster control like he is going to be the Belichick right. type figure that calls the shots and not every coach can do that. There are tons of great coaches yeah. that when you put them in charge of player personnel, just cannot make the right moves. I mean, you could even look at Belichick and say some of his player personnel moves have been a little bit suspect over the years, but this is the test for Vrabel. Like, can he be a GM as well as he is a head coach that I'm unsold on, but who knows? I, I, I do think one thing's a guarantee if a big time wide receiver becomes available this off season and becomes disgruntled and wants a new contract and a team's not willing to pay them, the Titans are going to be very, very aggressive. I think. They'll, they'll probably poke a, poke at a budget of players from the 2020 draft class. Obviously they're not going to get, they're not going to get their hands on like CD lamb or uh, Justin Jefferson or T Higgins. But if you're if, like, if you're going to look at, like receivers that are gonna they're gonna be looking to get paid, then that's where they're probably gotta start looking. And other than that, like they have, like their draft. I'm not quite sure about their draft pick situation, but they have holes to fill other other places as well because their O line is starting to fall apart, and they can't simply focus on wide receivers either. Yeah, the, they kind of need a reload. Um, yeah, they, 
this offseason is massive for the Titans because it'll determine if they're going to be a winner over the next few years or kind of more of a rebuilding project. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it'll be fascinating to see what happens there. Next big headline of the day, Lamar Jackson out one to three weeks. We're not quite sure on the severity yet, but a PCL, this is huge to me. And everyone, yeah, I was listening to the Around the NFL podcast and and the Ringer and several other podcasts about the NFL. And they all seem surprisingly confident that the Ravens are going to hold on here. I entirely disagree. I think that this is a team with no weapons. That's basically just Mark Andrews and a collection of nobodies at wide receiver. At this point, they are so injured at that position. Bateman was a huge loss for them and they just have not been able to replace him. Devin DuVernay is not good. Uh, Not to mention their running game is totally unsettled. Gus Edwards is up and down at best and not a consistent player and and he can't stay healthy either i love tyler huntley former utah quarterback but and when he's played he has played well this year but i don't think he's going to be able to succeed with the lack of weapons he has to me i think the ravens are not a playoff team if lamar misses these full three weeks i think if he comes back sooner than expected they might have a chance but I'm not even sure with Lamar on the roster if the Ravens are a playoff team right now. Their defense, despite having good pieces and playing well at points this year, has just crumbled too many times this year. And I I just kind of see them as a team that could fall out of the playoff race. I, I, I certainly think the division is pretty much wrapped up at this point. They, if you look at their schedule, though, here, when they play the Steelers twice, they play the Browns, they play the Falcons. I Listen, think you can, can survive me, with, but the Steelers are playing excellent football right now. They are excellence—a bit of a stretch, but excellence—a bit of a stretch. I watched way, way too much of that Steelers Colts game. They're, they're the Steelers are 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 okay right now. They're better, the better than well. before. Just, the Steelers man, like, are currently a better team than the Ravens, especially I don't if they ag- don't have Lamar I don't ag- I don't know if I agree with that. Like, what's what's the difference between Tyler Huntley and Kenny Pickett, right? Like, I think Kenny Pickett is better. I don't see now. You're a Kenny Pickett fan. You spent months this offseason basically wishing that you know some he's terrible an tragedy befalls he is, him. He's and an now average, he's good. Unbelievable. He's an average starting NFL quarterback, and they're starting to get George Pickens involved. And they have. Uh, a, wait, <laughs> did you did you see what George Pickens said? Yes, last <laughs> yeah. week. By any chance? Wait, did, well, did you miss well, this, Eric? No, I must have missed it. Okay, oh, so okay, it's so. only it's only one week where he didn't get that many targets. He was like, <laughs> I am not wrong. He was score. He he had like a five game touchdown streak for the past month. Yeah, true. But but there was a reason he dropped to the second round. It's because it's because of he. He displays all the characteristics of uh, a certain wide receiver who is now a wanted man in uh, <laughs> in uh, certain jurisdictions. Uh, who now like there are, and who has many acronyms, which all start with NBC. But uh, former Steeler, and, and former it's Steeler, Steelers and former, culture thing, man. They just Steelers knucklehead wide receiver, idiots. Claypool, Brown, this guy, Martavis like, Bryant. Oh my goodness, uh, Mike Wallace. Anyway. Uh, 
But at any rate, the Steve, the 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 Ravens schedule when we look at it, like you mentioned, like the schedule is weak, and it is definitely objectively looking weak. But the Steelers, for some reason or another, have always managed to muck up the games when they play against the Ravens, regardless of how objectively strong or weak they are. Then they some for some reason they somehow seem to match up well, and especially next week with no Lamar Jackson, it's kind of in Pittsburgh. It's going to be a very weird game against Steelers because even though they struggled against Atlanta, the Steelers, they've played decently over the past month. They, they hung in there against the Bengals. They managed to hang 30 on the Bengals, which the Chiefs and the Titans, they could not do. And, the, and then they managed to scrape out a win against Atlanta. They managed to scrape out a win against, uh, they managed to scrape out wins against Tampa, which is, oh, well, ta- well, that's not as big as an accomplishment as it might've sounded before, but when you're when you're starting quarterback is Kenny Pickett, you have to take what you can get. And he Kenny Pickett's biggest weeks and he's starting to look like a 80% discount version of Mac Jones, which is uh, which I don't know if is a good thing or a bad thing, but but the Ravens, I think you mentioned the lack of weapons on the outside. This is becoming a very uh, common trick, common topic amongst the teams we're discussing here. Because when Devin Duvernay is your wide receiver one, that's a bit of a that's a bit of a problem. And and I like Duvernay as a player. He he's a useful player, but he's not a wide receiver one. He I gotta say, wide watching three, watching Demarcus Robinson just brings me back, man. That guy's just, he's just not good. When, they need when, they need to get Lamar some help for next year, man. When when Deshaun Jackson, who's my age, should be <laughs> is your wide receiver one, that's that's an issue. That's it. That. <sighs> An issue, and when that wide receiver one who is my age is running faster than all your other wide receivers, that's an issue. That is an issue. And Andrews, like, there, I, I, I heard this on a podcast, which was, which was a very interesting detail because <clears throat> they, when they, when you mentioned the top tight ends in the NFL, and you mentioned Kelsey and Andrews primarily with Kittle, <clears throat> but they mentioned that Kelsey and Andrews are very different players because Kelsey goes vertical. Kelsey can go vertical, right? Because Kelsey moves quickly for such a big ass man. Andrews is not a vertical threat. He's a spacer, right? He's not, he's not a guy that goes very vertically often. He's a guy that finds space and, and provides a large target. So there's dimension to the Ravens offense that can't work when Mark Andrews is your number one target, which, which unlike what happens with Travis Kelsey. So that limits an already limited Baltimore offense. And because of their weak schedule, I think Baltimore still does have an inside track. And because... The Bengals now face the Browns, which, who have always had their number, and the Bills, who are a very, very good team. Like because solely because of that, I still give the Ravens a bit of an edge, but a much lesser edge than they might have had before, because the Bengals have beaten the Titans and the Chiefs, and they were those two were scheduled to be losses, I think, when they were when they were plotting out the plotting out the last final seven games of the season, and. With the res- I think what I've heard about the Lamar injury is that it would be like somewhere between one and three weeks. That's that was the prognost- prognostication, and if it's three weeks, that covers Steelers, Browns, Falcons. They should be able to beat the Browns and Falcons with Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley's not a bad quarterback. Steelers they might have some issues, but I think they can still get two out of three even without Lamar Jackson. If they don't, then well. Sucks to be there, but it seems to always happen in Baltimore. They get, with, a, they get they've been getting a lot of injuries in Baltimore over the past couple of years. With Deshaun playing the way that he is, the Ravens, Lamar or no Lamar, have the best quarterback in four of the next five games, in my opinion. I, I think 
Huntley has impressed me in his, his short stints more than Pickett has, more than Deshaun did in his comeback, and uh, <laughs> definitely more than, than uh, Mariota, you know? It might so, be Ritter when they face the Falcons, by the way. It might oh be Desmond goodness. Ritter. Oh, my goodness. When is it Desmond Ritter time? That's a good question. After the bye, I would say. after the, Because they have their bye this week. So I would say after the bye, they might get Desmond Ritter. Because Mariota's been dreadful. Yeah, he's been so bad. He got betrayed. He got betrayed. We'll evaluate all our uh, yeah. uh, all our options. The vote Marcus of confidence this week. The, the Zach, the Zach Wilson effect. Yeah. Is uh, oh, no, don't, don't mention that name in front of Eric. Dude, <laughs> dude, that was uncalled for. With with, with uh, Mariota, um, I thought he was playing pretty decent in the first. He weeks was this season. For, like for the, the, first the offense weeks. was executing, but. His limitations have just become yeah. more pronounced throughout the yeah. year. And he was a guy that I, I kind of like the odds of him maybe having a little bit of a career resurgence, you know, maybe mm-hmm. just being an average guy because he flashes a lot. Uh, but no, man, it's just, he doesn't have it, sadly. Like, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sad for him that yeah. this kind of looks like it might, might be the end for him as a starter. But no, I don't I guess we'll see what Desmond Ritter has to offer. <laughs> I mean, the Falcons fans are wishing like they want to see what Desmond Ritter has at the very least, like because they want to know if they need to draft a quarterback this year. If you I, don't, if you don't see Ritter at all, what like, what can you do? Yeah, I don't know how we got to Desmond Ritter on this. I uh, really don't. Because we we like discussing quarterbacks, don't we, Eric? You mentioned this several times during the podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Let's discuss another one. Baker Mayfield gets released by the Carolina Panthers and almost immediately scooped up by the Los Angeles Rams. I find this interesting because of one reason and one reason only. Matthew Stafford's year is done. I think that's clear. He's on IR. With this move, I would not expect him to come back this year. I think now the question legitimately becomes, does Matthew Stafford retire this offseason? Because no. I think there's a very good chance he does. Like, he, he, what more does he, he has, he has a history of neck and back injuries. It's a spinal like, cord contusion. I mean, that's not a phrase you want to hear on an injury. Report. Yeah, like he has a history of those back problems coming from Detroit. He won his Super Bowl last year. Right. His legacy is basically cemented. At this point, with the numbers he has and the fact he has one title, he is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Sure? I think there is a very... I don't think so. I don't think so. I, If you look at Matthew Stafford's career set, this is a fun argument, YB, because if you look at the thing with Matthew Stafford is if you look at his career stats, he's like within the top 10 of quarterbacks passing all time. And like... The thing against him was always, oh, he doesn't have a Super Bowl, can't do it in the playoffs. Well, it that's fixed now. He won a Super Bowl last year. So I, I really do think, I, I know, Brad, I, I'll let you have the floor next year. It seems like you disagree, but I, I just think that this might be the end for Matthew Stafford. Maybe, maybe it's just because I've always been a big Stafford fanboy. I always had a soft spot for him in the Lions that I don't want to see it, but I don't know. I can, I can see, I can see him potentially. He's, he's not the Ram that I'm most scared of just retiring next year. I mean, Aaron Donald. Donald. Yeah. What's what's he sticking around for now? You know, money, but the chance to win another ring and this Rams roster is not winning another ring. uh, I don't think so. He's the one I'm more concerned about with Stafford. You know, maybe, maybe he takes an extra, like maybe takes a year off and then comes back. 
You know, I, I, I would be, it would be sad for me to see a guy who I think still could have like another half a decade of productive quarterback play, uh, hang it up. But I mean, obviously you want to do what's best for his physical health and his family. Right. It's that's yeah. I mean, I'm looking at Stafford's career stats and it is going to be a very interesting argument because he, the, the accumulated stats are there. He's like, like edge top 10 in yards, touchdowns, uh, very high up there. I think, I, oh, not as high up there in interceptions as I might have thought. Like, I thought he was slinging a lot more than I thought. So, yeah, it's going to be a very, but when you have a spinal cord contusion on the injury report, you're going to think about a lot more than just, a lot more than just your football career, I think. Especially, I think he seems to be a very big of a family guy as well, like based on what I've seen on, on, his, on his socials. So, and after reading about, like, you guys, did you guys see the article on ESPN about Andrew Luck that came out, that came out today? Yes, no, I, I, I haven't read it yet. It, it went deep into like, like what into like what he was thinking like over the course of like his like when he was beginning to think about retirement and like the injury we have everything. So looking like when you as I was reading it and then you think about Stafford like you like I can see why Eric was Eric would say what he's saying like when you when you've actually reached the top unlike luck and you've been there you've accomplished the highest uh, feat you had to achieving the sport and now you're not an old not a young man anymore you have you're set for life and for future generations you have you have a home in los angeles with your friends and your family around like it could it could be time that stafford could be thinking about it like he see, he's a tough guy in the confederate so it wouldn't surprise me if he came back but it, it i think it's a bit more of a realistic possibility that i think brad would like to admit maybe it's it's possible i i think with with Stafford and I mean uh, the Rams at large. <laughs> it's not. I don't think it's, it could just be Stafford. I mean, can you imagine a world with Stafford retiring and Donald retiring and McVay jumping over to broadcasting? Like the the years of darkness for this Rams team are. Oh be, God! They were trying to trade multiple picks for Brian Burns earlier this year too. You think the Panthers regret not not taking them up in the half for now? <laughs> I mean, maybe the Panthers as a whole. I think the issue with that trade is like GMs on the hot seat don't like to trade picks like that, you know. Yeah, true. Or make trades, make trades for a future that they probably won't live to see. Right. Um, Therein lies the issue. Yeah, man. The Rams. I I don't think it's their situation is quite caught up to them yet as to how dire it is. And but I mean, but going back to Baker, I mean, it was kind of curious as to why the Rams claimed Baker. And then I saw the injury report regarding John Wolford and Bryce Perkins. And apparently both of them have injuries to their neck. And so that I think has something to do with it. Let they Baker need actual, bake. And this yeah, is they where need it actual warm bodies. And let him plus, bake. I believe. I believe <laughs> Baker Mayfield is going to throw a touchdown. And it's oh, you you're all going to see one touchdown, and it's going to be it's going to be great. And and how many interceptions? Uh, I uh, no with Baker, he didn't no, even no throw comments. that many pick. It's usually like a, the Baker Mayfield stat line is like a touchdown and like 112 yards. That's like something like that's, that. That's been his stat line for most of the year. And then you get um, and then you get a skip Bayless ta- and skip Bayless tantrum the next day about like, <laughs> oh, you see that throw? Like, <laughs> oh, it it's it's hysterical. Like, but it's. I, I, it did get me thinking like maybe like because the season shot for Los Angeles, like they, they have nothing to play for now, especially with cup out as well. Allen Robinson's out, everybody's out. So maybe McVay's thinking we have four games left. Maybe I'll just use this as a little bit of a science experiment. Like, 
to bring in uh, bring in Baker Mayfield, who is basically now seen as a failure. Kind of see what I can do. See if I can get, whip up one last little magical chemistry project. In Baker's defense, he does have a higher touchdown percentage this year than future Hall of Famer Russell Wilson. So he can't. Eh. He can't. He can't be that bad, right? Eh. Well, it's a low bar, and, and no, that is not a short joke, but. <laughs> with with Baker, the Baker claiming, I wonder how much of it was a petty Niners move, where the I Niners I, are, are 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 potentially in a, in a situation where they got to start Mister Irrelevant at QB, and maybe they want to bring in Baker to that room, and the Rams they could use a quarterback in the room, and part of it's just like you know what, let's just make the make our make our rivals' lives a little more annoying. I mean, I I for one welcome the horse cock Brock jokes in the Bay Area. So. <laughs> He was good in the in the he was in decent the, in the brief minutes that he had, and I remember uh, him getting a lot of smoke out of training camp for playing really well and like by far outperforming Lance and. Are, and all are this we really out. talking ourselves into Brock Purdy here? Yes, we are. Yes, on we the are. rundown is the Jimmy G injury. <laughs> like, okay, whatever, guys. Like you, you can <laughs> like that. That's cute, but you, you guys are really into Brock Purdy. Like, come on, guys. Like. He'll be fine. He'll be an average quarterback, and maybe that's all they need. But but the Niners aren't doing anything. They're, they're I'll bet you away. an ice cream sandwich right now that Brock Purdy finishes the year with more touchdowns than Russell Wilson. <laughs> How many touchdowns does Russell Wilson currently have? Like four? I think he's got like seven or eight. Eight or eight, I think. How many see? How many weeks do we have? What five? Five. How oh, it's a bad bet. But <laughs> that is a bad bet. I will say. Are but, you gonna bet? A, listen, he's already cost you uh, like however much you spent on that stupid jersey. Are you about yeah. to let him cost you an ice cream sandwich? No, I, I'm not gonna take you on that. Um, <laughs> Someone's scared of Brock Purdy. I, Respect I, uh, his name, Mister Relic. Brock Purdy has already got two touchdowns, by the way. So. We'll, we'll see. We'll see on. We'll see on Brock. Yeah, Purdy. so it is a bad bet, Eric. Don't take it. Don't take it. Yeah, <laughs> he's already got two. MVP. Oh oh well, imagine, God. imagine a Mister Irrelevant leading a team to a Super Bowl. That'd be an incredible narrative. Uh, um, we're, we're, if if that happens, we're gonna we're gonna hear the rehash the next Tom Brady jokes for the for the entire offseason. I swear to God. I'll take it. it. It'll, it'll I'm okay be with nauseous. It. It'll be nauseous, and we'll be I'm, sick of I'm Brock Purdy okay by next September. <laughs> I believe in Brock Purdy, and I want to say that right now. What, what was it? What was what was the quote? We will we will. Uh, 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 uh. Oh my my brain my 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 brain this, just. This is an excellent podcasting. Rag. My brain just short circuited. <laughs> oh my yeah, goodness! I can, I can see the I can quote. See that uh, we will. Too. What was what was the quote? Um, we will we'll rally. We will rally around Kurt Warner and we will play good football. That was the quote. That was about twenty we'll, years ago. Uh, oh oh was, was, was that was it was it Dick Vermeil? Is it Dick Vermeer? Yeah, that's what he said. We will rally okay. around Kurt Warner and we will play good football. Maybe this is a Kurt Warner situation with Brock Purdy. You know, he's gotten his chance. He's coming in. I, I say, I say, the Niners could do something with him. He looked, he looked good. I mean, they have. I mean, they have enough pieces around around him and on the other side of the ball to do a lot of things. Like with, with a minimum for a bare minimum of player quarterback, that defense is ridiculous. And like, like they. The, the linebackers that they have, like Al Shahir should not be a reserve linebacker in most in many teams. Like, the, the fact that they have Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw and that forces Al Shahir as a reserve linebacker is insane. 
and then they have Nick Bosa, <laughs> and they have Nick Bosa like terrorizing uh, a Toronto Armstead, the Miami Dolphins O line, and then they on the back end they have the next Troy Polamalu like flying around with his long locks, like destroying everyone in sight. This is this is this is insane. And D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, I hope you enjoy the Bay Area because you'll be coaching another team next year. And Kyle Shanahan, like uh, you need to find another assistant very soon. Teams are going to be teams are going to be calling up D'Amico Ryan's all yep. in, the, as soon as this Niner season ends. You got to feel for Shanahan. His friends just always get taken away from him. Yeah, know? they can never they can never yeah. last. And like his and his players all get taken away from him by uh, via the hospital. So that also—it's <laughs> true. He's, he's a rough life out there. Oh, poor Elijah Mitchell. Okay, we're done talking about Brock Purdy, Eric. You can you can. <laughs> that, okay. that I, know, was, I know you hate the guy. That was a lot to digest. All right, let's let's talk about some teams we haven't talked about that are kind of coming on strong here. All right, yeah. I I, I want to throw this out here. Um, Detroit Lions. All right. Now just hear me out here. Over the past three weeks, the defense has played average to above average, which is really nice. And now they're fully healthy on offense and they're back to looking like, frankly, one of the best offenses in the league. Some baseline questions here. They're not going to have a great draft. Well, they're going to have a Rams draft pick, which will end up being great. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, if you don't have a top three pick, or even if you do, has Jared Goff done enough this year to warrant going into next year in a year where you'll be expected to make the playoffs and make some noise? Has he been good enough to warrant another year? I, I kind of think the answer is yes, surprisingly. Uh, I I would also lean yes, but it this is this has a little bit less to do with Jared Goff and a little bit more to do with the, this year's crop of quarterbacks in the draft, <laughs> because because they're not going to get the number because the Rams are probably not going to be able to catch the Texans in terms of the number one pick and number one pick is probably going to be Bryce Young, and so they're not going to have a shot at Bryce Young, and I am not sold on C.J. Stroud, I am not sold on Will Levis, and if you're not going to get a bona fide, and personally, I'm not all that sold on Bryce Young either, to be perfectly honest with you. And with how Jared Goff has played over the past, as you mentioned, three, four weeks, I'd say, going back to the Bears game and how he's uh, how he's meshed with the weapons they have with Swift, Williams, uh, no, Hawkins is not there anymore, Swift, Williams, uh, Amon Ra, Chark, and now they're going to work in Jameson Williams slowly. And I think he's I think he's done enough to show that he can at the very least be a bridge quarterback, kind of like the Alex Smith role as they kind of slowly bring in a new guy. And if if they're not sold on CJ Stroud or Will Levis in this year's draft, then they don't have they're not forced to take a quarterback this year, even if it is a top three pick. And whether they decide to use that on a, a high end like defensive guy like Will Anderson or Miles Murphy or like they're not set on the offensive line, which is a very nice thing for them because they don't have to reach there. And or they can decide to trade down, get a boatload of picks and shore up their defense, whatnot. So I I think they'd be just fine going with golf into next year because they've 
like they've lost games because their defense has been god awful. And if their defense has been just awful instead of god awful, they'd have a, they'd have at least two or three more wins. So, so I think they'd be just fine letting Goff play one more year and then cut and then cutting bait on him the year after, and while they get and while they get a new pick. So, I think they'd be fine with that. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I like I like the Alex Smith comparison. He is very good at executing this offense. They're a very weapons-rich team. I've always liked Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff is a good enough quarterback to get the job done most of the time. He's got his limitations, but he's very likable. And you're right about the defense. I mean, they lost some truly ridiculously high-scoring games. And uh, they're not out of it playoff-wise. You know, they're, not. They're, they're, they're on a bit of a heater right now. And the NFC looks like whoever gets that last seed is going to be a bit of a bit of a bit of a weak one. So why not the Lions? Indeed. Why not the Lions? Yeah, I, I think they're they're just so interesting. Amon Ross St. Brown is so underrated, I think, as one of the best young receivers in the league right now. I I I just think they're and, and who knows, maybe Jamison Williams had within the next few weeks, but gets more involved in the offense and is what he is, was promised to be. Uh, it's very, very interesting to see what's, uh, what's happening in Detroit. I, I mm. think they're, they're kind of on the right path where they've been up and down this year. I remember earlier in the year, Brad and I had questions if Dan Campbell could really do this thing. And he's put it together. I never doubted Dan Campbell. I, I think you can go back to the tapes. I've always been a big believer in Dan Campbell. I don't want you to lump me in with your Dan Ga- Dan Campbell, Jared Goff slander that you that you spewed earlier this year. I always believed in these lions. These lions are feisty. They're, these aren't these aren't these aren't the uh, these aren't these aren't these lions aren't, aren't aren't the kind of lions that you can mark on your schedule a year ahead when you see them as a, as an easy win, you know. But by, by the way, I think we just witnessed short circuit number two by Brad here, so I think uh, we're we're working on a bit of short some uh, faulty <laughs> fault, faulty connectors for Brad today. <laughs> Great, here we go. This one lightning round because I know YB's got to get back to work. Are the Raiders actually a real football team now? No. No. Just a question. Absolutely not. I kind of think they might. Next be. question. Absolutely not. No, and, and also no. because like because Josh Jacobs ain't gonna be there next year. Next question. <laughs> you really no, don't not. think they're like I do think they could finish with a winning record. No, no, they won't. The, the rest the, of their schedule is sort of ridiculously easy. Rams, Rams, Patriots, Steelers. This is a team that uh, lost to Jeff Saturday. You think they won't lose to the Baker Mayfield Rams, Eric? And then two hard games at the end of the year in the Niners and the Chiefs. I only see a Chiefs loss there, to be honest with you. No, the not absolutely not. Uh, Okay, the The Patriots. The the Patriots that could be an interesting game. The Steelers. I don't know. Maybe they beat their own. Niners and Chiefs. Easy two losses, in my opinion. I. This is not. The Raiders are not a threat. Both Contrary games, to the belief of the stupid sign 
I really did say in the mall that I live next to. I walk by it every day on my way to school. There's a stupid sign outside the Jersey store that says the Raiders are never done. This is the first thing I see whenever I turn the corner in the mall. And it pisses me off every time I see it. They are done. They are not going to make the playoffs. This is not a team I take seriously. Josh McDaniels is a joke. Absolutely not. This is not a team that I'm worried about. And even if they somehow manage to get like get to 500 or like nine and eight this year, Josh Jacobs is gone. Like they, they've the success they've had over the past couple of years because Josh Jacobs has been like out of his mind and they frowned it basically ground, basically ground him into a meat grinder. They've, they've been overloading his carries like, like 25 a game. Like, and that's, he's basically going to be the DeMarco Murray of this year where he's going to get ground in dust and, and then somebody's going to be a large contract and like Jacobs will be happy with his money and then everybody will be unhappy with everything else. I think that that's going to be how this story ends, Facts. unfortunately for Jacobs. Well, Jacobs will be happy with his money, so he get, he's getting paid, and he's thanking God every day that the Raiders declined his fifth-year option because he's going to get paid this year, son. All right. We disagree on the Raiders. Yep. Uh, just a quick moment just to acknowledge how good the Eagles are. So good. AJ Brown's kind of week to week. Sometimes he doesn't show up. I know because he's on my fantasy team. But when he does show up, it's always for like three touchdowns. I believe he has something crazy like nine touchdowns this year. Yep. If he gets to like, say, I don't think it's crazy to say he finishes the year with like 13 touchdowns. If that happens, is he an offensive player of the year candidate? No. Okay. No. I was just curious. No, because, because it's so hard because to get for a wide receiver to get like uh, mainly because uh Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs exist. Tyreek Hill too. And like Tyree, what are you Tyreek Hill and Stefan Diggs and Justin Jefferson exist. That's the problem. There's too many good receivers yeah. nowadays. Like the problem is the balance of good receivers retiring to insane receivers popping up in the draft has been thrown completely out of balance. Right, the past couple of years, like that last. That's why last year Cooper Cuff's season was like that was that was just too just too insane to not give him that. Like, but other than other than something like that, like thirteen touchdowns and like thirteen hundred yards, that's not going to do it. And that sounds insane, but that's the world we live in. All right, um, I'll have to touch on this before I get to this last point. Do you guys watch Monday Night Football? Mm, yeah okay uh I, I just have to get i mean it's mm. insane that tom brady is still doing this like <laughs> like it is absolutely insane just some tweets i have from this game because i think it, they sum up the game pretty well tom brady is in agony right now which basically he was for about 55 minutes of that game. He played I've like never, dog shit. Like, have, it was not a good Brady game. I'm sorry. I have never seen a man in more straight up agony than Tom Brady was. Also, Todd Bowles is painfully bad at this. <laughs> He's so bad. Court. Like painfully bad. Like they, like they need to move on from him ASAP when this season ends. Uh, and you would know this. I mean, you watch Nathan, you watch Nathaniel Hackett, I believe. Yet still... Brady in crunch time when he needs it just knows how to win. And that's why ultimately he and Mahomes are the only two guys I'd take at the end of the game. If you needed to give me two minutes and a touchdown. And, and frankly, I think it's 
I'd take Tom Brady over him just because of the experience level. No one does it better. I think he's coming back next year for sure. I think it's, I really do think destiny is coming for him. He's going to finish his career as a San Francisco 49er. Like I, I agree with that sentiment, but I'm, I'm sorry. I got to throw in a little slander here. All right. No, oh, absolutely he's not. Getting no for Bra- this game. Are you joking? No Brady he- slander. No Brady slander here. No Brady slander on this podcast. <laughs> oh, Brad, he Brad heroically just, like, Brad gets this ridiculous. Right <laughs> yeah, no Brady slander. Ridiculous on this pass podcast. interference call, and then heroic. Nope. Heroically no Brady, convinces no Brady Martin slander. Let's see how to run out of this up with the first <laughs> marker. Oh. Are we are we are we channeling the spirit of around the horn right now? Are we are we channeling our inner Tony Reality? We <laughs> are. Brad just getting I'm muted sorry. by Eric. He, he... <laughs> it's not a heroic. If you put up like seventeen points, like I this. Swear. Brad, when you I hear this in audio form, this is gonna be hilarious. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> uh, but, All right, are you, you know... done, Bradford? Just give me a nod. You done? Okay, great. No, I mean, no, now, great. Now, now that uh, Tom doesn't have to go back to Giselle anymore, he doesn't have to worry about those annoying kids. Like maybe he'll be focusing on football next year. So, I don't. God knows why his brain works differently. So, and I don't know why you would walk away from a supermodel wife who's worth about as five times as much as you are. But hey, I guess that's why he's the goat, and I'm much watching him office. heroically hand the ball off to Leonard Fournette. Really brought a tear to my eye. It was. Truly, the kind of handoff that only the goat could could pull off in those. Types. I'll tell you before he tip, before he retires before he retires, he'll be a top ten quarterback again. He will it, it, probably. It's, oh, it's yeah. He's it's, he's no Brock Purdy though. I'll be honest. With you. And we'll hate him for it. Okay. Here we are. Here's a tweet that I sent out. I got to find it because I want to read it verbatim. This is how we close the show today because there's one NFL storyline I'm just absolutely sick and tired of because I've I perpetuated it for years. For years, I perpetuated this storyline. And every year, it's bit me in the ass, and I just refuse to buy in this year. Bradford, I think you know what I'm talking about. I, don't, I think you replied to this one. Here we go. Honestly, I rewatched Sunday Night Football. I'm not impressed by the Cowboys. Seen this too many times. We always call them giants in December, only for them to collapse in early January. I'm not getting sucked in this year. This team will not make it out of the divisional weekend. That's a lock. I just want to put that on the podcast right now. There is zero way this team gets past divisional round weekend. I'm not doing this anymore. Like, Sure, they beat up on the helpless Colts. Like, okay, great job. Like, any good team is going to beat down on them. Am am I saying they're not a good team? Absolutely not. They are a great team. They might be the second-best team in the NFL right now. I think that's a stretch. I would put the Chiefs ahead of them. I would put the Bills ahead of them. I would put the Bengals ahead of them. But they're certainly a top-five, top-six NFL team right now. All that said, there is absolutely zero way they do anything in the playoffs this is the same old Cowboys. They do this every year. They look good in December. They suck us all in. Everyone, I say, oh, man, look at how great Dak is. Okay, well, let's see how Dak does when he goes up against a real defense in the playoffs. Like, because the facts are the facts. 
He lights up bad defenses and he struggles against good ones. He struggled against the Giants on Thanksgiving. Like, I'm not forgetting all of this. I've done this too many times where I've been a Cowboys apologist and they burned me too many times. You can try to talk me into the Cowboys. This is the last segment here, but I, I truly do not believe in them. And I really question just the general logic of anyone who's talking them up as a Super Bowl contender because they haven't been a Super Bowl contender in 25 years. Like, come on. I mean, I don't disagree with that sentiment at all. And it's it's good. it's basically because it's the boy cried wolf syndrome because, as you mentioned, they have a now a solid track record of 30 years of basically failing at the moment when they're expected to do great, great things. And regardless of who's behind center. And like, and I obviously- hate to be on the same st- side of Stephen A, but like, <laughs> we're just hurtling towards, we're hurtling towards first, first take on like January 17th of him just walking onto that set with his stupid cowboy hat on and a big cigar in his mouth and saying, how about them cowboys? Like, like we're, we're hurtling towards that moment in American history. Like we, we, it's a yearly tradition. Unlike anything else, I I will not hear differently. This Cowboys team does not scare me. They are not a contender. They are not. They're a very good team. They are not a Super Bowl contender. They beat up on bad defenses over the past, like over even over the past of a past winning streak. Like they beat up on the Colts, they beat up on the Vikings, who are a good defense, but they're a flawed. They're also a very flawed team, despite their ten and two record. They beat up on the Bears and the Lions, who are terrible defenses. They beat up on the Rams, who are in a shell of themselves. So, and then when they faced the Eagles, they got waxed. I look forward to them facing the Eagles again in Dallas because that'll show that'll show exactly who the Cowboys are. If they aim, if if they beat the Eagles in Dallas, no, but they'll might have win a that game. I guarantee. I don't you, think so. They're not going to win that game. I guarantee you this: they'll win that game because they, no, they always they will have not win that game. one late game every no. single year in December where they beat a contender, and everyone that's when everyone fully gets sucked in and says, "Oh, hey, look at the Cowboys." I'm telling you, YB, you have to stay strong because they are about I, because I don't think they're going to they win that game. They are about to beat the Eagles in Dallas, and. Like, we're going to have to endure a week or two of, oh, my God, the Cowboys are NFC title game contenders. I'm just here to assure you that they are not. But Brad? I believe they have an NFC contending roster, but my concerns are with Mike McCarthy. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 think, I think we'll definitely see some, some bizarre coaching decisions in the playoffs from him again. It just, it just feels inevitable, you know, but – if I was able to divorce the historical precedent of the past 25 years of Cowboys football from this roster, I would say, yeah, they have the defensive player of the year, an incredible mm-hmm. defense, a quarterback that can a legit wide game. receiver one. Now they have a great, a great core of weapons. I mean, I could talk myself into, but I'm not going to make that mistake. I mean, it's, it's how about them Cowboys? You just, you, it's, it's one of those, um, universal truths much like the Leafs mm. losing in hockey it's you just you just you it uh your knowledge of it happening overtakes your sense of reason and i'm i'm with you on your premonitions there eric yeah i just i i, I don't want to do this again like i've seen this too many times 
I do it every year. I say, oh my God, look at the Cowboys, big shiny Cowboys, like America's team, like this is the year they break the curse. No, it's it's just not gonna happen. Like until they until I see them physically hoist the Super Bowl, I will not pick the Cowboys. And especially if that means they and, and especially if even if they got to the Super Bowl, there is no way they are beating the Bengals, the Chiefs, or the Bills. Like the just won't happen. I'll take the AFC every time. Uh it's yeah, I'm just yeah. All right, boys. This was fun. As always, YB, thank you for your extended lunch break. I know this went a little bit longer than expected. Uh hopefully. That's okay with your bosses. Tell them thank you for us. How do you, how do you say thank you in Korean? 감사합니다. 감 감. Well, 감사합니다. 감사합니다. Uh, we're gonna have to work on a better mic for this because you're you're definitely not getting the right word there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I, I don't. Too white, man. I I was telling you this earlier. <laughs> really. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before before we before we end, I do have to th- I do have one thing I need to bring up, and we brought this up in DMs. Ben, I need, I'm gonna have to leave this in podcast form. Eric, what the hell were you thinking, leaving Burrow at quarterback nine on the quarterback rankings? Are you insane? I, I I I need to ask this question because I, I was listening to this and I, I nearly I nearly crashed my car because, I, because that was an asinine take. What the hell were you thinking? Sometimes I'm brought to you by the man that said Mahomes wasn't a top five quarterback. I mean, what do you, what do you expect? He's a, he's a hot take artist. You know, that, 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 that was a very, lo- that was a very logical explanation. Listen, I got sucked into Tua. That's that's my defense. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got sucked into Tua. Last week was a bad week. Last week was a bad week to be a part of Two and On. I am a part of Two and On. They are like I I do associate with that crowd. Like I I, I love Tua, and I thought that, and I still think Tua. I, I put Tua above Burrow, but like it's just. I mean, two, putting two above Burrow. I mean, like, I mean, based on their play this season, I mean, I can see an argument for that because you can put them neck and neck. But putting Burrow at nine below the likes of, I mean, below the likes of Gino and below the likes of Lamar Jackson. Well, Gino's year? been. I mean, Gino's been good. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie, but I, I, I think seen Gino what is. Been doing? I, let the Chiefs game definitely swayed me a little bit more. If I had to rank now, I'd probably put him at something like seven. But like, all right, <laughs> there's just something about Joe Burrow that's kind of unimpressive to me. He doesn't make the wild throws. Like he doesn't. Like that's that's just a fact. He is the new era Drew Brees, but a little bit taller. Someone who's consistently a, a lot very, taller, I'd say, than Drew so, Brees. Someone who's consistently very good and probably a top three quarterback but we'll just never get the love because they're not flashy and he's not flashy. And I, I don't get sucked in by guys that aren't, aren't super flashy. So you mean like Justin Herbert? Is that, is that the reference we're going with here or? Yeah. Well, Hey, I didn't even rank Justin Herbert and I still don't, I, I still wouldn't have Justin Herbert as a top 10 quarterback. He has not played well in two weeks. So um, that's the Michael Jordan football. Right there. It is. Football is a completely yeah. well, different sport. Well, Romo Romo disagreed because but, um, he, he definitely mentioned that about Mahomes, and I agree with him there because that was a pretty pretty sick touchdown. I will say that was pretty cool. 
punk it on him, man. No, that was that was fun. That was pretty cool. Oh, I will I will admit that was pretty. Cool. Anyways, I my computer is straight up gonna die. Uh, okay, all right. Looks like you are we're, as well. So. We're, yeah, we're I'm, I'm I'm very tired, and I just I'm, I'm right dead now, tired right? as well. We'll we'll be back. Uh, Bradford, I think that we're gonna have to do a, a podcast on Sunday. That's what I was gonna say. I like I I, 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 I want I. I would I, I want to see two two weeks of a frustrated Chiefs offense just un unloaded all over the unsuspecting. Yeah, I think you're gonna get a I think you're gonna get a podcast probably dropping sometime during Sunday Night Football next week where we'll talk about the events. I'll watch Red Zone in the morning so I get a good sense of what's going on everywhere else, and we'll do just some instant react. We always do one. I, I typically do like one Sunday Night podcast. This feels like the week to do it with the Chiefs behind the Broncos. There will be extra seconds. So don't, don't you worry. All right, folks. We will see you next time. Peace out.